This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free and bringing up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. And that number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. Main feature allows you, the listener, to control the content of the site. Uh, The main column that you'll see when you go to freetalklive.com, all of the different items that are there, whether it's a news story or a blog post or video, all was put there by listeners just like you. So as you're surfing around the web and you find something that you want to share with our other listeners and possibly get on the air, you just submit it to uh, freetalklive.com as show prep, and then other listeners will vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion, and you get to vote on other people's suggestions, and the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it here on the air. So head over to freetalklive.com and get interactive. As always, there is uh, much to discuss here tonight, but I wanted to stop down. I mean, we've got the usual cops shoot dog stories. There's another one. <laughs> of uh, course. And then there's a crazy lady up here in New Hampshire that is on the uh, the war path uh, against the Free State Project. We might talk about her. That Pam Martin's article? Yeah, it is. It's dry. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But, but uh, there's only <laughs> Isn't part of it. it usually? There's only part of it that has to do with the Free State Project. Well, she's gotten hassled so often for her smearing that she's she's actually gotten pretty good with her sources. So, you know, this article relatively accurate, um, if but you know leads you to the wrong conclusions. Really. So first, a little bit of uh, good news, and hopefully it'll end up being good news for you, Dale, uh, because you and I, I need some. yeah, you and no, I, I'm just kidding. sorry, <laughs> Dale is here from AnarchyInYourHead.com. Uh, you and I were on trial about. Almost a month ago, maybe about three weeks ago, uh, we were on trial in what was a what they called a combined trial, where Dale and myself and uh, Lauren Canario and Sean, who's on Thursday nights, uh, were all on uh, a trial for the same charge of misdemeanor criminal trespass, as it is called. And just today, over at freekeen.com, I posted up a fresh video of another guy's trial who was with us when we were arrested. He was one of the trespassive 12, but they've, they've spread the trials out over three months. So we went on the 29th of September, and then he had his trial, I think it was yesterday. And, and then Jim's was before that. Or the day before that, yeah. And then yeah. Jim, uh, Jim Johnson, Lauren's husband, was, uh, was put on trial in August. And uh, so when when we were on trial, there were just all kinds of shenanigans. Uh, you weren't allowed to actually have a closing statement, Dale, uh, because the, the the man of the robe was so frustrated by what the previous cl- closing statements by yeah. the other people in the trial that he can combine. He had combined. Yeah. So. So my uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up was to look at the way this has gone, these trespassing trials, just to give the listener, give you, uh, the listener, a, an example of the inconsistencies of this so-called justice system. Because when you start, when we started this, again, a dozen people were arrested for so-called trespassing. Three people had their charges thrown out because it was shown that they had arrived as the cops had come up to make the arrest. So there was no way they could have known that they weren't supposed to be there. They wouldn't have been warned about that. So those those people's trials or uh, charges were dropped. And then the rest of the uh, the nine or the uh, actually three three were dropped. Yeah, three were dropped. And then the, the other nine uh, have had their trials spread across three different months. Jim Johnson was first. He was charged, as we all were, with misdemeanor trespass, which means up here in New Hampshire, that means that uh, you've been told to leave by someone in authority and you didn't. You refused and, to do so. Yeah. yeah. And so therefore, that's a misdemeanor. 
If Which, you, by by, you know, one can certainly understand that that, or, you know, that the people might have a prejudice that the free staters might very well not have left if told. But in this case, they hadn't been. It's true. Well, and that's the interesting thing is that the judge said on record, "I feel it has not been proved beyond a reasonable doubt that it was effectively effectively communicated to yes. you to leave because right. it, it's, so, it's not it's so, not effectively communicated if they come out the door and they whisper, hey." You have to leave. From, from 90 feet them, away. Right, right. <laughs> right. That doesn't work. And it's also there's crowds and crowds of people that are coming and going at various times. You need to clearly communicate to whoever, whomever it is that you're going to charge with a crime for criminal trespass to leave. And then they have to disobey that order, right? right. Like, nope, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay anyway. And uh, that wasn't the case. Uh, the, the judge admitted it, and then he charged us with a, with a violation anyway. Right. So, <laughs> which we could not defend against because is, it was over at that point. This like, is well, the hold funny, on. funny, funny part of this story is that um, you know. So they they charge you with misdemeanor with the misdemeanor violation. It says that you knew uh, that you were supposed to leave after being told to leave. They, they no one proved that. So he the judge himself, the guy, the referee, then charges you with well, he violation. Char- he didn't charge us. He just, just found us guilty. Found you guilty right, right. of violation. Well, and and. and and his reasoning for that, his verbiage, to my recollection, I mean, I, we can check the video and, and make sure, but his verbiage, to my recollection, was that he found our behavior disturbing. Uh, right. And, Which know, is this, not a crime, to my understanding. Right, because this violation, <laughs> this violation is the stupidest of all these charges, which is that you knew you weren't supposed to be there. Now, how in the world? This is a thought crime. I mean, it it's, says it's a right, place that has public visitors for for inmates from eight a.m. until ten p.m. And places, this was during that time. Uh, yes, we went to places that they don't normally expect people to go, but that aren't demarcated off as not being allowed for people to go. We just walked around the building, which we've done to, and it, I've done it at least at three other jails more times without than I can incident. Count. More times yeah. than I can count. Yeah, more times than I can count at three other jails at various times. Uh, and and without incident, one time a, a a a policeman followed us around just to make sure we weren't doing anything. And of course we weren't. We were just walking around the jail. And we've never caused any incident. We've never broken any windows. We never tried to to break anyone out of jail. We committed the crime uh, <laughs> of uh, making the prisoners smile. Is basically right. what uh, what happened. And you know that's not supposed to happen when you're in jail. You're supposed to be angry and, and sad uh, and depressed. <laughs> so. The first trial was Jim Johnson, Lauren Canario's husband. Lauren, one of my heroes, civil disobedience superstar. Uh, one of the main reasons the icon. why, uh, yeah, why why I made the move here to uh, to New Hampshire, specifically the western uh, southwestern corner of it. And Jim is a, is also a great activist, and he was uh, again one of the trespass of twelve. And his they scheduled his trial. He was all by himself. There wasn't anybody else that was charged uh, that that was being on trial at that time. Like when we were, they where they just loaded all four of us onto the same trial, and they found Jim guilty, which we all objected to. Right, but, didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Uh, they found Jim guilty of misdemeanor trespass. So they believe that in Jim's that, that even though we were all together. Uh, all of us were charged with the exact same uh, charge. They found Jim guilty of misdemeanor trespass, but they would not find us guilty. A month later, when well, we had our uh, well, now trial, in, 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 in their defense, under their rules, um, he just may not have. Argue, he didn't really argue that very well, uh, in my opinion. I mean, it, it doesn't. It, it, you know, this so, this shows the silliness of the uh, of but, the judicial but, but it system. But does show it does show the, the the flaws of this system that it's not a just right. system. That so he, he he in fact was not guilty. He, he sh- they should really go back and 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 find him not guilty. You've got three people 
doing the same thing on the same day in the same place at the same time that are found. Uh, you know, one, one of them, it, it could very well have been be, be found not guilty because it was taken under advisement and what we have at this point. That was the trial that was this week, which I just posted over at freekeen.com right. of Menno. Uh, and, and I called today to see if there was a decision in that case, and I did not uh, get an answer on that. It has not been entered into the system as of yet. So really, the sure. justice system wasn't speedy? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't believe that. So you've got th- three people, th- same time, same day, same everything. One found guilty of a misdemeanor, one found guilty of a violation, one very likely going to be found not guilty. No, no, it was uh, one uh, guilty of the misdemeanor for me. Well, uh, yes, but Lauren. I'm just saying that you, if you take three people out of there, you know, you can take, take a yeah. look at three. Um, that it's just so crazy. It is crazy, and that's I mean, what I want to Jim might be here. a comic genius. He wasn't the ringleader of this. <laughs> Certainly not. No, but he did have a giant cardboard sword. Well, he does. He does so. tend, tend to uh, come with the props. So things just things are changing as each of these trials goes on. And if they end up finding Menno not guilty, then what will they? What will that do for the two people that have trials remaining? There are still two of the trespass of twelve that have trials scheduled for February, uh, late February, and maybe they will even just drop those. And what does that mean for us, Dale? Because we were still found guilty. You're looking at Jim. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a dozen days in jail. Lauren already spent uh, two weeks in jail. Uh, Sean is doing community we service. We should clarify for people that the reason we're facing jail time is because we refuse to pay the fine. That's correct. So they find us. But we're going violence, to. Uh, but I'm you not going to pay it. The, uh, that decision. Right. Can we bring up what happened in another trial uh, during our appeal? No. Probably not. I doubt it. It's just the, You're the whole You're only allowed to bring what so, was brought into evidence in that trial. Yeah, it's so broken. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Head over to freetalklive.com and you'll find stuff like our news updates. You can get signed up. And we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can get them via our emailed updates list. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. In fact, uh, just today, I sent out an update announcing that uh, we've got a brand new radio station on board, uh, KBEL in Idabel, Oklahoma. We'll say hello to them officially tomorrow night because they're only on for Saturdays. And also mention WIMS in Michigan City, uh, Indiana, which is back on board now, joining us for overnight. So Excellent. Uh, kind I, of been- I've been following. I've been getting the emails for this stuff, and it seems like the affiliate are just exploding. Well, it was a little slow over the summertime. Things slowed down a little bit, and it's it's one of those things where it rains, it pours. I mean, if you ever worked in retail, and it, sometimes there's it's just completely dead, and as soon as one person walks through the door, there's like a whole busload that shows up. You ever notice that? Uh, they come in little bunches like grapes. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
So yeah, and, and whatever so, works, things. Things more are affiliates. Happening. That's what's that's what's important. Exactly, it's working, and uh, so you can go and get the latest updates on what's happening with Free Talk Live at news.freetalklive.com. News.freetalklive.com is Osborne approved. That's Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. He's a big sponsor of the show. Go check out SACL CAI. They are the top. They have the top banner at freetalklive.com. You can uh, they can handle all of your accounts receivable needs for your business and if you have any reason that you need to reach a whole bunch of people via telephone SACL CAI can handle that robo calls in person calls whatever it is you need SACL CAI it's actually talking with Osborne uh, today apparently he is ready to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the free state project yeah it's been a it's been a bumpy road but yeah yeah he was going to move a couple weeks ago and i guess the people that he was buying a house from hadn't quite finished moving out yet so he had to that, that off, makes for a problem right put off his move yeah. uh, but he is on his way i believe as of tuesday so that's pretty exciting so it'd be great to have jason osborne up here yep all right so uh Move it on up yeah and we're talking about one of the things that's been going on up here uh this the courtroom shenanigans happening here in Keene, new hampshire which is where we're doing this program just to give you an example of just how inconsistent this government's so-called justice system actually is you would think when you've got nine people that have all been charged with the same alleged crime that there would be some level of consistency in how they were tried in uh the results of those trials but what we've seen is that the results of the trials are getting less and less severe over time, uh, with the first person being found guilty of uh, misdemeanor trespass, with you and I, Dale, and a couple of other activists all on trial at the same time, they, they admitted they could not find us guilty uh, of misdemeanor trespass, and instead found us guilty of violation trespass. Because our behavior was disturbing. And we don't know what's going to happen with the trial that happened this week. Uh, Menno Troyer is one of the activists. Uh, he is actually originally from Sarasota, as you and I are, uh, Mark. But he I don't know about originally, but he, was, he lived there at one time. Went, before he came here, that's where he was from. And uh, so, so he went through, again, same charge, same place as we were, arrested at the same time. And in his trial, the judge took it under advisement. Now, it was a different judge uh, at his trial. And was, Menno is... A super genius, too. Uh, it, Is yeah, he? He's a nice guy. And <laughs> what? Has he been tested or he's, something? He's a really smart guy. He, is, he does seem very smart. <laughs> he might be operating on a different plane than you and I, though. He asked know? some yeah. good questions at the, yeah. at the I, trial. I thought he asked some very good questions. I feel like the, the only thing that set him back was that he didn't like take a point, take the time to watch our trial. That might have well, been. He couldn't. We, he, did, he, we did manage to convince the judge. Uh, that we had not been sufficiently He'd informed. been working overtime all week and his computer was broken. Yeah, understandable. Well, it's been three weeks since we had uh, the It's unfortunate trial. because there were some things that we argued that he could have argued effectively. And, sure. and, and he did ask some very good questions. He uh, Normally, what we've seen in this particular court is... Typically, the, the man in the robe will issue the ruling immediately. If it's going to be guilty, it will be guilty right there and then. You'll finish the trial. They don't like to give an innocent plea uh, or an innocent uh, verdict on the camera. It seems Correct. Like. Because we're there with a the camera. They don't want to go, yes, you won on the camera. They take it under advisement. So it, it is looking optimistic. Yeah. So Without uh, jumping to conclusions, it's looking optimistic. Yeah. So we'll know more uh, over time as to what happens with, uh, with Meadow. And again, I said there's other trials coming. But it's just interesting how inconsistent it, is, uh, it has all been. I just That's all I really wanted to, to bring up. It's just all of us arrested at the exact same time in the exact same place, charged with the exact same thing. And pretty much and, did the same thing there. Yeah. I mean, we, we were all, you know, in fact... Several of us, uh, the time when they claimed to have told us to leave was when I pointed out in, in my trial that uh, he was standing really far away and he mumbles and 
wasn't using a bullhorn or anything like that. That's also where Minnow was. So that presumably that's also when Minnow was told to leave. So you know, and and even if even if uh, they weren't they, they different people did different stuff while on location, they don't know. I mean, the law enforcement officials don't have any proof. Any they, they don't know one free stater from another. They all look like nuts to them, right? <laughs> I mean, they don't have the foggiest inclination who might have done what. Okay, maybe the guy with the giant cardboard sword might have stuck out. But he looked uh, a little nuttier. I don't know. I don't even know that they could tell who had that. So that's all I wanted to share. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Sean, listening in Indiana, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight, Sean? Uh, well, I was listening to your guys' podcast, which is how I typically listen to you, uh, the other day, and you did a. You guys were talking about Pakistan and uh, the, uh, you know, obviously the horrible life that people are living there now. And uh, there was certain there were certain things that you were bringing up that were c- completely dead on. I mean, especially when it comes to the idea of radicalization. Uh, there was an article posted on uh, Young Americans for Liberty's blog uh, about a research paper that was recently done uh, for uh, discussing suicide bombings and the, uh, uh, the phenomenon of them. And what they had shown is that suicide, uh, and you know, I'm, don't take me literally on these numbers, kind of just guessing here, uh, but it was from 1973 to 2003, so like this 30-year span, there was maybe 28 suicide bombings. From 2003 on, we've had over 100. And this is worldwide or yeah, just I've, in Pakistan? I've heard these kind of numbers before. Yeah, yeah. This, this, was, this was, I believe, a worldwide study of the phenomenon uh, throughout the world. Okay. Yeah. Is, is that this, this phenomenon is something new that comes from occupation, not from... Uh, not from their supposed, you know, fanatical religious beliefs that some people might want you to believe. Right. Now, so this 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 is more than a research paper. This was uh, some like New York Times article or something like that. If if, if I uh, um, correct, because I've read this, the same thing. And let me repeat for people: in the uh, thirty years prior to say two thousand and three, when the United States essentially set up shop in the Middle East uh, full time, there were you know thirty suicide bombs or something suicide bombers uh, or something like that and then the number tripled in the year following more. and um it and that's you know you're talking about three uh four or five years following that 30 year period so you're talking about an extreme radicalization because obviously people will fight but fight but you know a suicide bomber knows they're gonna die and mm-hmm. you know you, you have to ask yourself what does it take to get to that level of radicalization and the answer that they came up with and i think that it's a, an accurate one is that they they showed historically that that people that would go on suicide missions tend to be people that see that the lifestyle of their family and friends is severely threatened. I thought it was because they hate our freedoms. Yeah, yeah, they hate Coca-Cola and Britney Spears. (laughs) Hey, if you've got more to share, uh, Sean, hang on. We'll bring it back here in a moment. 800-259-9231. So after occupation, uh, the suicide bombings dramatically increase. Hmm. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy our listening options. Live streams, we've got them, broadband and dial-up flavors. You get the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock on those streams. Plus, you can do that as well with our listen lines. It'll allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. You can listen in that way. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to tune in and get more information. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes to win and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be done. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. I just got uh, my new version of the course. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we're going to go back to Sean in Indiana. We're talking about uh, the suicide bombings, and Sean, you gave us some numbers. They were very interesting. Can you recap those for anybody just tuning in? Uh, I don't have the exact numbers. If they want to find them, go to youngamericansforliberty.org or yaliberty.org, and you can get the exact numbers. But it's something like from 1973 to 2003, there was roughly 28 to 30 suicide bombings. And then from 2003 uh, to, I believe, 2007, uh, that number tripled or quadrupled to somewhere between 100 to 130. Now, did that? The, do you know if the numbers that uh, it's that, really even more than a triple and quadruple because um, one's over a thirty-year period, the next one's over a five-year period. That's a great well, observation. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, you're, if you're definitely going to be looking at it statistically, uh, but also uh, last night, uh, Ian, you were talking about secession as a possibility for uh, ending these wars. That the, the you know having a state refusing to send troops, refusing to go along with it, and what I and. Although that is, you know, I, you know, I like the, uh, the average to the mainstream that would be considered radical, I'd like to point to other points of history to where we've seen peaceful, revolution, uh, peaceful resolutions to war uh, that have come about due through uh, non-cooperation. Uh, if you look at this, uh, there's a great case study called the Carnation Revolution that came out of Portugal. And what had happened was, was Portugal was trying to maintain Angola and Africa uh, as a colony. And finally, what happened is the troops being sent down there, what they were doing is the, uh, the Portuguese army would send the troops down. Before taking the troops back to Portugal, they would obviously disarm them and then ship them back. What happened was finally when one regiment was changing out and another one uh, was coming in, the one changing out, refused to hand over the weapons. And what they Mm. did instead was take these weapons, board the ships, and then sail back, and there was a military coup of the Portuguese fascist regime. And the best That's nonviolent? 
And, and uh, the best part about it, though, is there was no bloodshed over this. They used the weapons as a, as a show of force. I don't think and, you can call uh, you know a bunch of armed guys a nonviolent revolution. Uh, well, I mean, they, there was no there was no shots fired. No one was killed. Okay, are you going to call them pacifists too? I would not call them pacifists. <laughs> Definitely not pacifists. I, uh, I I don't know that I'm going to call that nonviolent, but I I, I suppose uh, I, I suppose you can liberally use the term if that's what you wish. But how would you well, apply and, a story like that to what's going on today? I mean, you've got the U.S. Well, military with uh, seen, a couple million we saw, people. We, we saw during Iraq. Uh, I mean, sorry, during Vietnam, there was continuous civil disobedience from from troops during uh, while fighting the war. Indeed, yeah, but there are a lot of those troops were being drafted. Yeah, they were being drafted, but and we're starting to see it though today. Uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, I've I've read numerous reports. Really, of troops, uh, yeah, of troops uh, being weary of commanding officers uh, lying on reports saying that they went on a mission when they didn't go on the mission, trying to save lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's and it's just a matter of time before it continues down to where these guys, obviously, as they become more and more disillusioned, to eventually, hopefully, you know, this is again a hopefully situation that they would stop. The war themselves. Boy, I and, I consider myself an optimist, but I can't even <laughs> I, I can't see that happening. That sounds like a reach. No, no, no. I don't know. They're I, I, awfully I know scared it, of disobeying you know, orders, and 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 for good reason because and, they, there's some pretty severe punishments for that. Also, I'm not uh, I, you know I'm not the one that's going to sit around here and wait for my future to be handled by some pimply faced kid who volunteered for the military in a time of war. I mean, there aren't too many people who are in the military today that said, "Oh, I'm just going to do this to get college money." I mean, you know, they knew what was going on. 2003 was when all 2002 when it was really when all this stuff started. People had a reasonable expectation that they were going to be at least spending some time shooting people um, in foreign countries, and uh, you know so something about them was ready to do that. Well, I would and, love and, it as much as I, the next. I, I would, Go ahead. I, I would actually disagree with Mark on that. That uh, I know personally, many of my friends, even they they know these risks coming in, and they see how bad the economy currently is, and they've decided, you know, some somewhere in their mind that joining the military is the best solution for this. Because not only will they get paid and possibly go to college from it, but you know they might get a desk job. Yeah, I can and see so, somebody in desperate financial circumstances deciding to join the military. I can definitely well, see that happening, but I can't see them uh, deciding to just throw it all away because they don't want to uh, cooperate anymore to, to throw no, away no. what their career would have been or the the college money. Well, no, or, it, it happens, and, and, but not too often. It happens, and we can count them on one hand. I mean, Lieutenant Watata is a name I remember. The WikiLeaks the, guy, Bradley Manning. Yep, that's right. So, uh, well, the, you know, the WikiLeaks guy didn't intend to get caught, right? He got caught on accident. But he was uh, he was doing a form of civil disobedience. Well, he, sure he was. He was willing to take a big risk to get information out, to get the truth out to people. So b- being a whistleblower, you know, he was willing to risk a lot is the is the point, I believe. Right. But the, but I can't count more than just a, a few right. folks. I would love to hear this news of this wave of non-cooperation that just starts passing uh, through the military. I think that would be fantastic. I just but, can't well, get my, my hopes up The impression up for I get from the caller, he says it sounds like, for instance, fudging on paperwork to say that, that something happened, to say that a mission happened that didn't actually happen and things like that. Uh, that sounds to me like people are doing things discreetly, and it could be that maybe uh, it will ripple up at some point that things aren't happening, 
that it's just winding down in a way not not happening in the on the level they expect and in maybe the, that will be well, like a wrench in it but i don't know in the late 60s well, and early 70s you had a huge anti-war movement and it was largely populated by draftees i mean they had newspapers they were putting out they had anti-war coffee shops near bases they were doing things i don't see the soldiers doing much of anything well, there was those soldiers that stood in front of the convoy that was leaving uh, soldiers for, former soldiers right former yeah. soldiers former. anyway go ahead sean well, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the point I was going to break. I'll, uh, I'll I'll get off and let you guys continue on the show. Not a problem. I appreciate the call tonight, and I appreciate the optimism. I mean, I'm glad you're optimistic about. Yeah, if you want to... Sure. Well, Ian, you were saying that there are have been more suicide bombings since we got over there, and the spin on that, the last I heard, I mean, this is old spin. I don't know if they have new spin now, but the spin on that was, well, yeah, Ian, um, we're preventing terrorism here, see, because they're fighting us over there. Right. So what do you think of that whole spin? You know, that to me is just it's, it's just nonsense. Of course, if, if you were a terrorist, uh, an international terrorist, and that really is what we were supposed to be going after. Right. We didn't go into Afghanistan to take care of the Taliban. We went into Afghanistan to get Osama bin Laden, Al Qaeda. So if you're an international terrorist and that's that's what Al Qaeda is. Why do you want to go fight the world's greatest military of all time? Yeah, sure. why wouldn't you I mean, want to just blow up some civvies? Right. Why did they, they had that opportunity to do anyway? They specifically chose civilian targets. So, yes. so why stay over there and fight? I mean, it's it's like it's like your enemy is is swinging swords at you right in your face, and you have the opportunity to go straight for the heart. Why would you do that? Why would you be distracted? It doesn't make any it, sense. It doesn't to me. make sense. No. If it's, if they wanted to go after spin, yeah. it's 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 that's it's BS and it's spin. That's what it's all about. I think likely the reason that Al Qaeda hasn't attacked uh, you know soil, among other things, is. You know, that whole attacking them on their soil thing didn't really work the way we wanted it to. They didn't want a war with the United States. They wanted the United States out of the Middle East. They thought that the United States was a paper tiger. They could give it a kick and it would collapse and it would get out of the Middle East. And that didn't happen. It probably takes time, too, to recruit more people that are willing to blow themselves up. Yeah, I probably. So. There's more coming up here. Uh, Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. You get on the lines and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. But if you don't do it, that's okay. We won't try to put you in jail, like they're going to be doing to parents in Detroit who missed their kids' school conferences. So we can give you some of the details on that. Uh, 800-259-9231. And then later on, Dale, you're going to share with us the five reasons that powerful people will always suck. Yep. Is that correct? All right, so we'll get to all that and, of course, your calls as well at 800-259-9231. And, hey, and if you enjoy Free Talk Live, then we'd like to ask you to support the show by shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase when you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Oh, and by the way, 
What if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, it's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We uh, were meeting, actually, Dale and I, we met up with a guy today who is here visiting from New Jersey, here visiting the Keene area, had some lunch at the local uh, delicious uh, Mexican place downtown, uh, Pedraza's, and that's kind of like our tradition when people are... People come in here to visit. I love an excuse to go there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we had a good time and uh, was talking to this guy, and he's looking to make the move up here, of course, and uh, found us through. Uh, the, I think he found the Free State Project through the Ridley Report, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yes. And he saw a free Keen ad on the Ridley Report. Yeah, he saw he found freekeen.com through the which is my website through the Ridley Report, but found Free Talk Live completely independent of all of that. He was just looking for like Liberty Talk Radio, and sure enough, we're here in uh, in New Hampshire as well. So it's great when people come up here and visit because they're always so pleased with how pretty it is here in New Hampshire. And of course, meeting the people is also uh, a nice thing as well because the real reason to make the move for the Free State Project is so you can be around other people who have a, a similar mindset, who believe in freedom and who get it. So uh, so go to freestateproject.org to learn more about uh, what's going on up here. Over Almost 10,500 people have signed up at this point. I actually asked this guy if he had signed up yet, and he said no. And so I said, well, why, why not? What, will you sign up? And he said, I don't know. I don't like signing up for things. And I said, look, just, you don't have to use your real name. Right? You don't have to. It's still you signing up. You're still the person who's intending to sign up. If you use a pseudonym, who who cares? Just don't use 10. Don't use 10 pseudonyms, you yes. mean? Right, because then that would be fraud. Uh, but yeah, so... Right. You know, if, you, if you're concerned about your privacy, uh, but you are sincerely interested in coming up, then I, you know, tweak it a little, but, but you know, one time, sign up and... You and know. then move up. Come yeah. on up, because it's a lot of fun up here. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up whatever you want, uh, and it keeps getting better, too, as more people get here. Mike is in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Hello, Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello, Mike. How are you guys? What's on your mind tonight? Great. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, I sir. wanted to uh, rehash this uh, dress code thing. Dress I code know thing. I heard you guys recently went to uh, L.A. to the radio conference or whatever it was. Yeah, we sure did. I want to know. You're rubbing shoulders with people. You're trying to get your name out there. What were you wearing, Ian? You know, I actually went uh, clothes shopping beforehand uh, with Michelle Seven and Sam, and uh, so they kind of helped me out with... uh, They're turning him into a metrosexual. (laughs) Right. Okay. Well, I was wondering, because I listen to you guys with podcasts, and it's funny to follow all the shenanigans you guys do. It's It's awesome. And uh, I was just wondering what you wore. If you dressed up for the occasion, I guess I should say. Yeah, I yeah. Know, Sam like, took him, gave him some advice on clothes, and Sam dr- dresses way better than I do. Okay, this is why I tell people I'm a lesbian trapped in a gay man's body. Sam, well, meanwhile, you know is very metrosexual, and he dresses very nice. And he took in and got him, gave him some advice. I think and, Michelle so. was a little more up my alley as far as her rec- her recommendations. Okay, so all the clothes so it's probably toned down a brought, little bit from from yeah. All the clothes that he brought were black. He had black shirts, black pants. Everything was black. He looked like Johnny Cash. That was what Michelle well, said was good, and you said it, it worked. It's Mark. a step up. But I also wore the yeah. Free Talk Live bowling shirt. You can try shirt some other I... neutrals. If you, you know, you, you, a lot of people like the neutrals look. You can try some grays and whites. I had some jeans. You, you did well. go with the bowling shirt at, at some point. Yes. I did. Yeah, I went, the, the Both first, of us did. Normally, the normally the way I do it is the first night I look dressy, and then the second night uh, I've, I'm wearing the bowling shirt. So, and Mark, That's you were good. Your... You're coming along because, like, I. I used to go to Bible college, and 
I'm a recovering Bible college student, and I used to have to wear ties and suits all the time. And I'm not ever wearing a tie again unless somebody dies or somebody's getting married. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I had to do it for work, and I'm the same way. I don't know. So I understand tie on. the extreme of, oh, I can wear whatever I want. I'll just look like a ragamuffin, or no, you should wear a three piece suit, you know. So I was kind of yeah. interested in that topic. To some That's extent, you can get away with wearing whatever you want. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're the talent uh, in a, at a talk radio convention, there's things are a little less strict there. In this, in this case, you're, I mean, I looked around this convention, and there are certainly people in suits, but there are people that are, you know, far from it. Um, you know, you got to kind of dress for your audience to some extent too. And yeah, I, well, here, I'm, I got, I'm going to go because I'm about to tear into some barbecue ribs. But I, I wanted to say this: you guys are rubbing shoulders up there with all those big wigs and stuff. Most of the stuff that I hear on their shows are basically shtick, and and you know, it's they're like exaggerating their point, and they're never going to change from that. But you guys are real and down to earth, and that's what I appreciate about your show. Well, thank you so much for the call and the thoughts tonight. I certainly appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, I, I don't dress as I normally dress uh, when I go to the uh, go to these conventions. Although I would normally wear uh, jeans and uh, maybe the bowling. Shirt. I don't really normally wear the bowling shirt, but when I'm out at a at a free talk live thing. I do like to wear the bowling shirt because it's got Free Talk Live emblazoned across the right, back we're walking side of billboards. It. Yeah, and and, and and advertising at these conventions is not cheap. No, uh, and, so. and you know one of the the, the big guys uh, in the industry, Gabe Hobbs, who gave us our shot on uh, WFLA, came by and said, "Boys, I see you're in uniform tonight." <laughs> you know, and they, they you know they expect to see these things yeah. to some extent, yeah. and and everybody who ever talked to us at these events says these guys are doing it right. That's that's the way they introduce us, mm-hmm. and. The fact is, we're doing it right. You know, we've we've managed to grow slow, we grow steady, um, and you know, we 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 uh, get our name in Talkers Magazine, and you know, it's it's none of this flash in the pan overnight bullcrap. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. And by the way, it was a free talk live amplifiers that helped send us to this particular convention as well as what they always do. And so it's listeners like you that are contributing three bucks a month that make these things possible for us. So thank you uh, to everybody that has amped and is amping the program and everybody that will amp. Maybe you uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for that. Now, Ian, uh, when there's a little break in the callers, I believe you forgot to get to your good news. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. I had uh, actually made a note asking about that because I had forgotten about that. And uh, so there is a little bit of good news uh when we were at this trespass trial i was hit with a thousand dollar fine and you only got a five hundred dollar fine is that right well you were rude to the judge right i said you disrespected uh, him and called him a criminal gang (laughs) he asked when uh if i could pay the fine and i said no i don't pay fines to criminal organizations and that's when he doubled the fine uh from five hundred five hundred dollars plus five hundred suspended removing the five hundred suspended and putting it on right then to make it a a thousand dollar fine so i had uh i had filed a motion for or uh, an alternative font, an alternative payment, which is something that had worked for me in the past. And I'd asked the question in court, and you can see it on the video when I ask, well, I, I'm willing to pay that $1,300 because it's $1,000 plus a 20% fee or 24% fee. And so I said, I'm willing to pay that to a local charity. If, will, if, will you accept that? And he refused to accept it. So I decided, all right, fine. I'm going to go ahead and not you – know, he, he was confronted. Let's try it one more time on paper. So I wrote up a motion for an alternative payment to pay the money to charity, and it was accepted. So uh, so 
I don't have to go to jail on the trespass charge because I wasn't going to pay them the fine. Thank goodness. But I don't have a problem cutting a check to the local community kitchen or the homeless shelter or the United Way <laughs> or or whatever. That's mine. Yeah, I don't mind my taking over the uh, the radio enterprise that you've created, but I, I, he says today's not my day, man. Well, don't worry, Mark. I've got five more charges I'm facing this December. Ugh. So, uh, you know, there's a good chance. And they're all misdemeanors, uh, I think, so... You know, who knows where where that's going Sooner or later, they're going to get you. Yep. But, but it's good gonna news. be in the shower with the soap. But an interesting neck. thing. Now, um, now that was good news. Um, before we got before that happened, while we were still in the trial and he was deciding on the verdict, or no, he'd already decided the verdict and was discussing with us uh, how much uh, what what we thought the penalty should be. And I was honestly, after he went through and he talked about your priors. And he asked him about my priors. Mm-hmm. I was expecting mine. I, I thought he gave you the five hundred dollar fine based on the fact that you've been in there so much and all that stuff. So I yeah. thought, I thought for sure by the time he got to me, he was going to give me the the recommended like three hundred, the, the two hundred or yeah. three hundred. Yeah, and uh, and no, he gave me a higher one. And I and I was honestly like, what what was that about? What you know? And again. I felt like there was tremendous bias and prejudice because of merging the trials. Yeah, and we're still appealing, and you've yet, Dale, to file your uh, motion for I've, the alternative uh, payment as well. You're going to try have, the same I'm thing. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to cite yours as precedent. So right, that, so hopefully, me, this, uh, hopefully this is really good news, because this is now the second time. Because I've, I've, I've been the only person who's, who's ever tried this in the past. I, basically, I came up with the idea of, hmm... Well, I'd rather pay the money to somebody else, you know, right. pay it to a charity. And it was accepted three years ago. I was shocked when they didn't accept You're it. You're going to take credit for this? This time. Was it your idea? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, it was it was your idea. my idea. I don't, I don't remember these things. God. So, uh, so then I went ahead and, uh, and did it again, and, uh, and it was approved. So now that it's been approved twice, there's no reason why it shouldn't continue to be approved, I would hope. <laughs> Well, I, course, I, it I is agree. All arbitrary. <laughs> it's arbitrary, exactly. So hopefully you'll get yours approved too, Dale. Uh, hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our site for free. Main feature allows you to actually influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air uh, by submitting different things to our website. If you think, uh, as you're surfing around the web, you think you found something that our listeners would enjoy, you just submit it f- uh, to freetalklive.com, and then other listeners will get to vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. Head on over to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. It's all totally free. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. 
And Mark. Uh, as we continue here, we will take your phone calls about what you want, uh, except Brett dropped off the line, so maybe he'll call back. 800-259-9231. So, according to DebtNews.com, as in Detroit, the Detroit News, uh, the story is from Christine McDonald over there. Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy is pushing for a law that calls for jail time for parents who skip parent-teacher conferences, a plan some call inspired, and others... Consider the nanny state run amok. I think I'll be in the latter of those two choices. Seems likely, yeah. Worthy pitched her plan Tuesday to the Detroit City Council and is shopping it to the Wayne County Commission and state legislature. Drawing a link between parental involvement and youth crime, Worthy wants to sponsor her guide, uh, excuse me, to, wants a sponsor to guide the idea to law. And I feel like we've talked about this story in the past. It sounds very familiar to me, but it's a fresh, it's a fresh uh, piece here from just a couple days ago. So this, uh, this lady is continuing to push her plan, which would require parents to attend at least one conference per year or face three days in jail. Parents of those excelling in school would be exempt, as would those whose health issues make travel difficult and those actively engaged with teachers through email, phone calls, or letters. Oh, how kind of them. And lenient. They're just to make to... those exceptions for people yeah. who have issues with... They're just oh, trying to help grief. you out. That's all. They're just trying to help these parents get. They, they, these parents don't care enough about their kids, so they need to be forced to. They need. That's going to make that family situation so much better after you send the parents to jail for several days. Yeah, that absolutely. will improve the, the 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 home life of those families. It always helps children it's, to have their parents in jail. It's funny how the people who take more and more responsibility for your children, uh, you know, besides giving uh, the the government schools giving you what nine hours of free babysitting daily. And giving your kids breakfast and lunch. Now some of them are actually offering dinner too. Three hots. Is that uh, right? Pretty soon there'll be a cot there too. <laughs> um, these same you can people sleep at school, and you just <laughs> we'll just send your kids home for the weekend, and you can say hi to mm-hmm. them and send them back to school again, and then you can get on with your life, and you don't have to raise your kids anymore. Isn't that nice? About these it. same people want your interaction on Parent Teacher Day. You must yep. come on this day that we set aside for parents. Every other day, we'll take care of it. Don't you worry your little head about it. Don't worry about what we're teaching your kid because it's not like you can have any input anyway. Right. What good you is You can help them learn what it is we're teaching them if you'd like, yeah. but only from the textbook from which we send. Right. What what good is the parent going to do to get involved by going to a parent-teacher conference. I mean, if you're in a crap-can government school, and most of them are crap-can, there's just some of them are better crap-cans than others because then you're just comparing the crap-cans together. Uh, but if you're going to government school, which is by its nature a government bureaucracy and, and inefficient and a monopoly and it's awful, uh, what good is going to the, uh, the parent-teacher conference going to, to do? How will that improve the education of uh, the quality of the education that is being offered there? And also... If I were to have a kid in a government school, which I would not do because uh, it would be just the I, wrong I would thing feel to like a, a, an abusive parent by sending your kids there to yeah. a government school. I would feel like I was committing child abuse. It would be a, a neglect, neglect, but that's a kind of abuse. Neglecting your child is a kind of abuse, and I putting think, them. In, but I, I. But seriously, putting it's not just neglect. Putting them in that environment, which is very highly prone to bullies. They found uh, as this, as the the school sucks podcast points out the areas where bullying happens the most are places where people are forced to be together prisons the military and schools and 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 so there's that uh, that 
likelihood of being bullied. There's also just the way that they're treated. Their, their individuality is being crushed there. They're being taught to, to be completely obedient to authority unquestioningly, unquestioningly. And and I think I think that's abusive. I wouldn't want to put my child. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night putting my child in that environment. Yeah, I'd be, be bending like letting, over backwards to keep them out of that environment. It would be like letting your kids uh, spend the weekend with your uncle, with their uncle, who is a known child molester. I think that's really pushing it. I I think you can absolutely send your kids to government school if you have no other options. And well, and that's take, the case. A lot of people really don't. But I'm like I'm saying, I would bend over backwards to I try agree. and avoid I, it. I, I absolutely would do and the I, same. However, I think that there's things you can do once if if that's what if that's what your options appear to be there are things you can do to help your child through these uh, you know situations have them learn you know real things if you take an active role in their education i think you'll have a, a much better time according to uh, the piece here the plan would require the parents to attend at least one conference per year or face three days in jail she says we have to find any means necessary to get the parents involved. We have to start talking about prevention. Some children don't have a chance the day they're born. Worthy staffers said the proposed law would be the first in the nation. She said she prefers a statewide law in Michigan, but would start with a city or countywide one. And indeed, she is pitching it uh, in all of those places. She's pitching it to the Detroit City Council, to the Wayne County Commission, and to the state legislature. Uh, at this time, no legislation is pending, but the proposal is generating plenty of talk. Uh, one of the county commissioners said her intentions are admirable, but the prospect of jailing parents is inappropriate on a lot of levels. He said that the law would become a, a he feared the law would become a tattletale version of pin the tail on the bad parent. The question is, how much government do I want in my life? He said. The reality is, it would be an unenforceable mandate that we don't have time to do. Well, I don't know if it'd be unenforceable. They've got police, and the police spend their time doing, you know, BS crap like this, uh, arresting people for things that don't hurt others. So it would seem to be that if you were called to the parent teacher conference and they marked you as absent, that uh, there would be a good chance the cops might be knocking on your door a few a few nights later. I, can, I imagine it's the kind of thing they'd hold the threat over your head and, you know, try, you know, it, it, it. I, I can't imagine it would actually result in them going to jail that often, but can you imagine having to come and answer for it? And just the fact that, okay, we're going to, you know, you missed your meeting, so we're going to, you're going to have to go to jail for three days. And then, you know, so then they come, they presumably have to come and explain why they have to come make a special appearance and maybe get a day off from work or something to come in and make a special appearance at the school and explain to the authoritarians why they didn't show up for the meeting that they were mandatory uh, that was mandatory. They were expected to show up at. And, and do you really want me to be there if I don't want to? If I, do you really yeah. want me to be there if I don't want to be there? Because I'm not going to enjoy your meeting very much, and I'm going to make sure you don't enjoy that meeting very much. <laughs> that, that, you know, I would hope that, that that's exactly what happens, that some parents come and totally disrupt these meetings, just push it all the way up to the line of what they can get away with doing at that but meeting then, to make it miserable. It, yeah, and I agree with that. But then what if they, uh, they pass some new law that says you have to attend the meeting and be good? If the teacher decides, don't get a well, referral. Well, what's good, though? Right. That gets a lot harder, but yeah. Well, the, the teacher could you. write a referral, and then uh, you, know, you get sent to the office, and it'll be just like uh, <laughs> it used to be. I wonder if they need a hall pass to go to the bathroom. Once the, when the parents show up for these meetings, do they have to get a hall pass to go to the bathroom? Yeah, it wouldn't do, surprise do they have to wait me. for the bell to ring to eat dinner? As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> if, if you're going to do, do, do they salivate when the bell rings after a while? Because you, know, you have to. Sorry, I've go never ahead. salivated at lunchtime at school. I can tell you. That. <laughs> if you're going to send your kid to public school, I think that these are these are reasonable things that the public school is asking. You know, are you being facetious? No, I mean they own. At that point, you've turned your kids over to the government. Why not uh, have the government force you to come for these these little? 
powwows. Well, the council uh, president. I can tell you no public school would ever do this. The city, I think this is the city council. Council president pro tem Gary Brown said, if you aren't involved in your child's education and he or she is failing, it's child abuse. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> hold on. They took responsibility for educating your child and all of a sudden you're saying it's your parents, the parents' responsibility yeah, again? Yeah, they're failing. You're taxing the crap out of people to, for these schools. How are they They cost to... way more than than private schools yeah. on uh, on overall, dramatically. And the, the, the tax, the, how much they cost is re- exorbitant. They don't do as well. Uh, but you're claiming that it's the parents' fault that they're not doing well? How are they supposed to have time to spend with their kids? I mean, a lot of these parents that are sending their kids to government school and the kids that are having trouble are working two, three jobs they apiece. Are, the kids are there for babysitting because the parents have to work their asses off to pay for the, the economy that's taxed all to hell and back. They're getting income taxes. They're getting property taxes, which is the bulk of what this is all going toward. And, number yeah. here. They're broke. Yep, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those features. We've got dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to prove they are indeed listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get involved there. Shrine.freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun, Brett is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Brett. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, is this Brett from the School Sucks podcast? It is. It is. Oh, hey, Brett. I, I know that you were calling in for a different reason, but did you hear our discussion uh, a moment ago regarding this Detroit uh, bureaucrat who's proposing that parents be jailed for three days if they don't show up to a parent-teacher conference? Um, no, I, I actually didn't. I was listening to the show from last night, and that was what uh, inspired me to call. But uh, on that, uh, always shocking, never surprising, really. Um, <laughs> well, you were referenced, too. I referenced you as, a, as an authority on the nature of bullying and why it happens. And, and oh, the that was one of, of the things that I wanted to talk about, because I heard you guys mention that uh, a couple nights ago, and I was just catching up today. And uh, the, the, the first thing, real quick, about, uh, I don't know if you mentioned this, because I called you right in the middle of listening, but last night you were talking about the Founding Fathers and how they were prudes and they didn't want anyone to have fun. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. Well, this this character Benjamin Rush, I don't, I didn't hear the end of the article, but he was actually like a pretty uh, influential and powerful figure. He was a doctor and a psychiatrist, and he. Um, did you mention the term, or did the article mention the term anarchia? No, I don't recall that. No. Well, this was a disease. These are the founding fathers who who fought for freedom and loved liberty. Rush, one of the most influential among them, invented a disease called anarchia, which he categorized as, uh, or he described it as an excessive passion for liberty, hmm. and claimed it was a mental illness that Colin <laughs> I know some had. other people who would agree with that. Yeah, sure they would. <laughs> yeah, after they had established their new government, 
uh, in the colonies after the uh, the declaration and, and they set up the constitution, people who wanted to continue along in that spirit, according to Rush and people like Adams and Hamilton, they were now mentally ill. And is and that an A-N-A-R-C-H-I-A, Anarchia? Anarchia, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it makes perfectly good sense once these uh, people that claim that they're for liberty, well, let's call them uh, the Republicans, once they get in charge, you know, they, 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 they rally the troops for liberty, and then once they get in charge and they're going to bring down their form of uh, tyranny, if you want liberty then, you're, you, <laughs> you need to get yourself in a free speech zone, son. Oh, see, it's, it's, it's virtuous when the government does it, right? Like, our history is very specific about when things are virtuous. Like, when these group of slave owners and, you know, aristocrats and hypocrites rebelled against something that they saw as an imperial power, that was really awesome, and we should all consider them heroes forever. Mm-hmm. But, like, 75 years later, when another group of slave owners tried to do almost exactly the same thing, they were villains. So it's interesting the relativism that exists in our history. But that trick of trying to make mental illnesses out of people who just want freedom or rebel against authoritarianism and the status quo, they tried that with the slaves, too, like, you know, before, uh, in the 1850s. I think that was like one of their last-ditch attempts to justify slavery, as they said they were mentally ill for wanting to run away. And, of course, today, in school, if you can't sit still there for, you know, seven or eight hours and do exactly what you're told, you've obviously got mental problems mm-hmm. and you need to be drugged. So not a new trick. Not a new trick. Well observed, Brett. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, just real quick, the, the bullying thing. Um, I think you guys were talking about this, this uh, trend of students who are homosexual getting bullied in school. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, Ellen DeGeneres was talking about this on her show, specifically to students who were homosexual within the the last couple weeks or so. And uh, I don't. I think that that no one in the mainstream media can talk about this without like totally missing the root cause of the issue. And it's like if these kids weren't um, gay, it would just be something else. It would just be like oh, absolutely four eyes. Yeah, you have a. Yeah, you have a Babylon 5 t-shirt on. They, You're fat. They find Too some skinny. other reason to bully well, you. I see that. I see that. But it's it's the, the thing is, though, there's a serious sense of, you know... Every, all the, there's so much in school and in social the social world in general that is so heterosexually oriented. It's incredibly mm-hmm. alienating um, because you know it's like even a black you know someone who's picked on for their race, for instance. If you have say a black child or an Asian kid who's picked on about their about looking different, they can go they go home and their parents are like them and they can talk to them about it and there's some sense of relation relating to them and everything. If you have a kid who's being picked on for being different for being gay, then then they don't have anyone to turn to, really, for the most part. I mean, that's changing very rapidly. It's it's much better. But um, and there's also the sense of you know you have things like school dances, you have kids dating, you have this this constant. There's a certain environment that everyone else is partaking of that you're excluded from and that you're alienated from, and there's no one to really go to. So I, I do think it is at the moment like one of the worst cases of alienation that you can experience, and and I'm talking from personal experience. So yeah, um, I, think that's I mean, really, I, I don't have something really to compare point. it to. I admit. I mean, I, I was also kind of nerdy, but I always feel like I was sort of nerdy and antisocial because I was gay. 
because I don't necessarily think I would have been. I think that was really at the root cause of why I was sort of nerdy and antisocial at the time. Yeah, you know, they didn't have uh, any gay kids at my school to pick on, but they sure picked on kids for being gay, and my myself being one of them. You know, I'm articulate. They and a little, decided you were gay. Yeah, right? articulate and a little skinny, <laughs> so suddenly, you know, he's gay. That reminds me, that reminds me of idiocracy. He, he talked faggy, and, right. you know, something like that. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I think Dale makes makes a good point, but please go on with your with what you're, what you're saying. Oh, that's, that's, that's a really good point, and obviously that's a perspective that I haven't considered personally. I, I think that if people want to start getting to the root of this bullying issue, the, the term that I always tell people to use when they want to talk about it is forced associations. When people are forced into um, interacting or into having these relationships with other people, you're going to have negative social interactions. If you look at the places where these kinds of you know, peer-to-peer frequent vicious treatment is, is most regular, it's number one, prison, number two, school, and number three, the military. And those are just interactions that people can't escape. Um, and I think that forced associations is the root. Like when, when there is just some kind of huge catastrophic social problem, a good thing to look for is the original use of force. And I think in this case with school, it's forcing people to be together like 35 to 40 hours a week. Yep. And, uh, of course, there's more, you know, it can be more detailed than that, like Dale was pointing out, but I think that's the base of the issue. Right, because otherwise it, you, it could send your kids to, you could send your kid who uh, may be gay to a school where uh, the intolerance would not be, uh, uh, not be allowed, where um, the kids that are picking on others would not be, would not be allowed. I mean, and, yeah, a lot of it is, you know, again, increased choice. Being having some control over who you associate with. I mean, they even actually... They actually uh, started a school that was for gay kids, you know, and, and that's interesting. I don't know. Hmm. Hey, thank <laughs> I'm you, sure Brett. Some, some of the gay kids still pick on some of the other gay kids, but I think that, uh, you know, not putting everybody in one big giant group and expecting them to get along uh, probably makes more sense. All right. There's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. Thanks to Brett from SchoolSucksProject.com. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. The wiki is there with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com. You'll also find great stuff like our webcam, allow you to watch and listen to the show, as well as chat with other listeners at cam.freetalklive.com. And the webcam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, so you don't have to worry about these you know, discounted optical transceivers being knockoff transceivers or something like that. They're also 
up to 99% off of list price. And MemoryDealers.com has them in stock and ready to ship the overnight delivery. They can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. And in some cases, they can do that overnight, too. MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. The numbers are in, and it's still true that being a cop, specifically being a drug cop, isn't really that dangerous of a job. You know, they'd have you believe it. They like to say things like, yeah, we're putting our butts on the line every day for you people. I wear a bulletproof vest every day. What about you? The FBI, according to StopTheDrugWar.org, the FBI reported Monday in this year's edition of Law Enforcement Officers Killed and Assaulted, sounds like a real page-turner, that 48 law enforcement officers were feloniously killed in the line of duty last year. In contrast to public impressions of the danger of drug law enforcement, impressions assiduously cultivated by countless law enforcement spokesmen, none of them were killed while enforcing drug laws. That's in line with other compilations of officer deaths. According to statistics on police line-of-duty deaths compiled by the Officer Down Memorial page, only three law enforcement officers were killed enforcing drug laws last year, and those three were not undercover narcs doing drug buys or SWAT team raiders busting down doors, but DEA agents who died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. Hmm. So in the last (laughs) couple years... Zero law so enforcement. Really, that really had nothing to do with the drugs or the Correct. or the or the, cr- the crime the element of the drugs. Right. right. So when these guys, because they have the the the, the, the element of surprise. I mean, when they bust yeah. down these uh, folks' doors, they you know well, they, they, they have no idea they're coming. And let's point out the reason they have the element of surprise is because they're the aggressors. You know, they're not. It's not like drug warriors are breaking into. Well, I say drug warriors. It's not like the mafia drug lords are breaking into police stations to to gun down DEA agents. Well, no, really, it's like would, if you leave them alone, you'll, they'll leave you alone. You then know? it would really be a drug war because if there actually right. was uh, two sides fighting one another, it would actually be maybe more accurate to call it a war. Because <laughs> the, the the sides with the money enough to fight the war already own the cops. Yeah, the cops right. aren't going after the big guys. They're going after the medium sized guys and. The the little guys, the the midland sized, yeah, the small fries, right? The ones that are competing sake. with the ones that are paying them already. It's mostly for appearances' sake, really. Yep, and uh, but they want to appear. Speaking of appearances, the cops want to appear as though they're they're heroes, and that this is so risky breaking into people's homes. That I they was might get actually shot. listening to uh, some of these. Uh, I can't remember. I, I think it was like one of these pro cop shows out there. Um, no, it was uh, Coast Guard, uh, Navy, and, and Coast Guard things where they're they're looking for ships in the Gulf that are moving drugs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And the, these these young guys, and you you'd have to be twenty two to believe this. Absolutely loot crap that we're really making a difference in the drug war <laughs> what really you really think they're making a difference exactly what difference do you think you're making i would like to know that too because getting some nonsense. drugs off the street i suppose is their answer but the fact is nonsense. all you really do is just drive up the cost of the drugs and that means you drive up the crime that surrounds the drugs because people have to get those higher rates somehow so you by stopping these you the 22 year old with a short cropped haircut who's trying to get enough money to go to school are only making crime worse not better one officer, Michael Crawshaw of the Penn Hills Police Department in Pennsylvania, was killed responding to a drug trade murder in which one drug trafficker killed another over a drug debt. Another officer was killed executing an arrest warrant on a drug dealer, but the warrant was for aggravated assault, 
not a drug offense. Although both cases probably would not have happened without the existence of drug prohibition, in neither case were the officers killed enforcing drug laws. According to historical data provided by the Chronicle by the or to the Chronicle by the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, which also compiles statistics on police line of duty deaths, last year's low death toll among officers enforcing the drug laws is not a fluke. In the decade between 1978 and 1988, an average of 6.5 officers were killed each year. In the following decade, the number was 6.2, and in the last 10 years, an average of 4.3 officers were killed each year enforcing the war on drugs. The single bloodiest year for drug law enforcement was 1988 when 12 officers died. And these are, by the way, let's keep the numbers in perspective here. I don't think they uh, they mention it. But yeah, I, I believe it was uh, Radley Balco at theagitator.org who revealed that there are approximately 40,000 of these armed home raids, and most of them are for drugs, these raids that they're doing on people's homes, kicking in doors, busting in doors. 40,000 per year across. What else would they be for? Across I mean, the try United to imagine States. what else would they be doing these things for? Guns, maybe? Yeah, guns, maybe, but there's just not that many. You just don't hear about that stuff no, too don't. often. You don't. So, so, yeah, keep that in perspective. I mean, that's uh, 40,000 instances where these these cops would have you believe that their lives are in such grave danger that they have to go in there with full body Kevlar and helmets and MP5s and flashbang grenades. And nobody's really getting – I mean, in general, there aren't very many uh, instances of officers being killed. In 2008, the number of police who died maintaining drug prohibition was seven. In 07, it was four. In 06, it was five, and so on. When placed in the context of the more than 1.5 million drug arrests that are made uh, made in each of those years, it's clear that only one in every several hundred thousand drug arrests leads to an officer's death. During the past 10 years, the odds were less than one in 350,000. Now, remember... These cops don't have to be dying. They, they could be alive today if it weren't for this war on drugs. How do you think the families of those cops feel when they reflect on the fact that their husband or their dad uh, involved themselves in enforcing this war on drugs and died for nothing, died for no reason? Could have been completely prevented having if we didn't have this war on drugs. I don't imagine too many of them think about it that way. I think they think that uh, you Those know this is, drug this is necessary, and yeah. and they, it probably it probably radicalizes them to you know to the point that they think that they, they we need this stuff. Obviously, their dad couldn't have died in vain. They did. Your dad died in vain. I'm here to tell you that. He didn't have to because, as you guys you guys pointed out, the drugs continue to flow. Go ahead. Put some dealers in jail and they'll be replaced by others because as long as there are people in the marketplace who are demanding a product or service, someone is going to take the risks in order to provide that product or service to them. Someone is going to step up and fill that market opportunity because yeah, and there's you, exactly, money to be when made. You, when you take out one person marketing that product – you increase, you enhance someone else's monopoly or, or, or approach toward a monopoly on that product. And then, then they can charge greater prices, which, as Mark pointed out, leads to yet more crime. Because mm-hmm. people who are desperate for that product then go out and commit crimes to get the money, which is not an excuse. I mean, certainly not excusing them. It's horrible. The, the crime is the crime, regardless of why they're doing it. But if your actual, if you claim that your goal is to reduce drug related crime, this is not the way to do it. 
While drug law enforcement is not in itself that dangerous for police, certain police tactics raise the risk for both law enforcement officers and the recipients of their attention. Of the 20 officers killed enforcing the drug laws since 2005, nine were killed in drug raids and five were killed doing undercover work. Of the 48 officers feloniously killed in the line of duty last year, 15 were ambushed, including four in a mass killing in Washington State, four more in a mass killing in Oakland, and three more in a mass killing in Pittsburgh. Eight were killed in attempting to arrest suspects. Eight were killed during traffic stops. Six were answering disturbance calls. Five were killed in SWAT-style raids. Four were investigating suspicious persons or circumstances. And two were working with prisoners. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. And if the cops weren't out uh, aggressing against peaceful people, how many times would they be killed off in mass killings? I wonder if those would be reduced, too. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, well, you can shop with us. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. You can uh, pretty much buy whatever it is you're looking for. They've got dozens of categories in which you can shop, and free super saver shipping on a bunch of their brand new items. Plus, you can even buy used if you need to. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com, and a portion of the purchase will be shipped over to Free Talk Live. So thanks for uh, for shopping there at amazon.freetalklive.com. So we're going to continue here. Uh, take your phone calls about what you want. G is on the line in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, G. Hey, Ian. Hey, hey. Mark. How are you guys doing? Dale's, on? Dale's here, too. What's on your mind tonight, G? Oh, Dale. Hey, how are you doing, yeah, Dale? No, fine. Just overlook me. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, G. What's up? Oh, I was just going to update everybody on our court situations. I went to court today and had some uh, warrants and some charges that dissolved, I guess they said. They they so dissolved? Court date. Yeah, they dissolved. I don't know exactly what that means, but... And uh, Mount Alley's next court date is uh, November 18th. Mine's November 19th, so... Well, and dissolve also, sounds like it goes away, but if you've got another court date scheduled, it doesn't sound like they uh, they went away. Well, I, I had I had other charges as well. I have an obstruction charge from uh, the last time I was arrested on the contempt of court, which is the one that dissolved. Okay. But because I was standing in the street and I walked from the street to the sidewalk, I got charged with obstruction. So, and um, I also found a lawyer today that is going to take her civil suit for the. Mugging she took, I guess you would say. Right. She was, the- uh, she kind of got the activist bug. She started carrying around a video camera and was at a gas station when she saw a homeless man being accosted by the police. She decided to come up and attempt to record it. 
And it was at that time that uh, the police decided that she was a an imminent threat. So uh, one of the the cops, a female cop with a apparently an issue with the fact that Mama Allie's taller than her, decided to to, to yeah. prove how tough she was by physically attacking uh, Mama Allie. And it was all caught. Most of it was uh, was caught on video. And so you say you've got an attorney that's that's willing to take that on. Yeah, we just have to wait for the um, trial to be done. Which I her attorney that's doing the trial got to the DA today, and he's actually, the main charge they wanted to hang her on was um, simple battery on a law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. which in the video you can clearly see she's backing away as she's being attacked. Yep. Um, they are talking about dropping that to disorderly conduct, <laughs> and then she'll probably get time served, because as of today, she's been there eight weeks now. Jeez, good Lord. Has so, it been that long? Yeah. Yep, she got taken in Keene and on September 22nd, and today... Is oh no wait oh, that's four a, weeks yeah. that's four weeks still it's not a good it's not a good thing it'll be enough for just yeah, sort of no. she's got a she's I, got I a daughter by the time her court date it'll be eight weeks I apologize yeah that's not not a problem at all uh, so 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 how many charges is she facing right now is it just going to be the disorderly conduct if they drop it are there other charges as um, well there was two two obstructions and then the the one that they're going to drop to disorderly so. So of course we're talking yeah, about Mama yeah, Allie, sure. who is uh, is one of my heroes. She's been running an underground uh, operation where she's been delivering food, delicious Southern cooking, uh, to folks living down there in Savannah. She came up, <laughs> yep, and you uh, you help out as well. Uh, and uh, you guys came up here uh, to Keene for a little while, and you started to set up shop. But unfortunately, the uh, the criminal charges down there caught up uh, up here and. She ended up back down there, and so we're we're hoping to see you guys back up here as, uh, as soon as all this is uh, is resolved. Because uh, man, we we do miss yep. that cooking, and That's you guys true. are great yeah, people too. too. I've lost about ten pounds in the last month. So. I, I was eating it almost every day, sometimes more than once a day. While she that short time she was up here, so yeah, yeah Dale was one of our neighbors at Pork Fest. He was right around the corner. Well, I mean, even uh, also again uh, when you were when when uh, when Mama Allie was was up in Keene for a short time. I was, uh, was yeah, eating before it. I got up there. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, thanks for the update tonight, G. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, nope, that was it. I was just going to let you guys know. And I was actually hearing one of the commercials about uh, defending yourself in court, and that's what I've been doing, too. And, it, and it, I mean, if you got to drive and you know, you know, I kind of had a study pre-law out of high school. That was my, when I went to college, so I have a little bit more, but it's it's not. I mean, if you read it in fine print and read it over and over again, it's not hard to play the same game they're trying to play. And like I said, stuff tends to dissolve, I guess you would say, or just disappear. Well, yeah. If if you're not going to uh, to take the plea bargain, it's amazing how all of a sudden their big bad charges become less and less. Uh, C- Curtis, one of the guys that's been on this show a few times, uh, Sovereign Curtis, he was facing a oh, yeah. felony charge uh, because he passed yep. a joint to an undercover cop at a, uh, at, a, at, a at a marijuana uh, celebration, a cannabis celebration. The 420 celebration. Yeah. yeah, and they dropped that. They have since dropped that charge to a misdemeanor. So he was looking at 7 to 13 years in jail. Now it's going to be no uh, more than a It's such a year. typical practice to terrify you with like trumped-up charges. Because yep. they can always cl- put a charge there. They don't, they don't carry through with it. There should, right. be, there should be, of course, uh, you know, I may as well wish for unicorns, but there should be... <laughs> <laughs> Something uh, there, there should be repercussions for charges that are templ- that are completely unjustified that are not. V- oh, and especially warranted. nowadays too, they try to suppress the education of everybody too. They don't want educated people stepping into their world. They want people like in the south. I'm from the north, and I've lived in the south now for two years. And 
they don't put as much into education down here, and I think they almost do it on purpose to keep people down, you know. So when they do when they do put those charges on you, they don't want somebody that's going to come in and say, look, this is the way it is, and then they can't say that it's not because that's in writing. You know, the laws or the laws as they would like them are in writing. You know, they can't argue that point. I tend to agree. Yeah, we we need more people to uh, to come together and to stand up against this tyranny and to refuse to go along with taking plea bargains. We were talking during one of the breaks here, G, about uh, the, what I would say is the most successful form of non-cooperation so far, uh, the most consistently successful form of non-cooperation we've had here in new hampshire and that is the parking tickets here in the city of Keene. uh i have actually they actually took mine to trial and i was found not guilty on it uh dale and mark have now both had a parking ticket dropped prior to actually going to trial you guys both mark went in. more than once right no just one. oh just one okay. you guys both went in you demanded the trial that uh, you're supposed to be able to get on a par- on any ticket and boy they do you. they put up a fuss they don't like that <laughs> they don't like oh, yeah. they do not they try to talk well, you they, out of the trial but they have to file it and, and then they drop in the city of savannah they have street sweepers that go two nights a week on different sides of the street and they expect you to park on the wrong side of the street on the wrong night so they can charge you twelve dollars and there was a post on my Facebook last night. Savannah has double the people on probation papers than any other city in the country right now. Wow. So right now there's slim pickings of who they can arrest and who they can put on probation because everybody's already on probation. So they're trying to count on you, you know, on accident, you know, and they'll, and they'll post, okay, I, we're going to sweep on this side of the street at 12.01 Tuesday which is actually Monday night, you know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're not thinking about it. Right, so, so it's they, technically and, and Tuesday. definitely the first seven days is $12, mm-hmm. and then the next 14 days it's up to $30. And, I mean, it, within a month, your ticket can be up to $55 for parking on the street. If you got a ticket, is that a violation of probation? Well, I think, uh, you know, that, that, that doesn't sound terribly different from, from Keene's situation. I think it starts at 5, I believe, in two weeks it becomes 15 and I'm not sure, maybe in another two weeks or maybe it's a month, it becomes 35. Yeah, and they went after me for one of those things where I was parked in the road on a day. Because here in, in Keene, they have this window of time that arbitrarily starts, I think, on November 1st and then arbitrarily ends on May 1st, I believe it is. Or maybe it's April 1st. Oh, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's May uh-huh. 1st. No, it's it has for, nothing to do with actual snow. <laughs> it's for snow plowing, allegedly, is that they want those oh. streets to be cleared uh, on yep. the overnights from like 1 to 5 a.m. or something like that. Uh, if you're parked in the street, you'll get a $30 ticket. And uh, they went after me for that because I was parked in the street one night where there was no chance whatsoever there being snow. It was like in it April. Snow. Yeah, it was like in April or something like that. So if it were to snow, it would not have stuck. And, and, yeah, uh, see, and this is 365 with a sweeping, and it's only in historical wow. districts, certain areas of the city and certain places. And some, a lot of them, they put it in the lower income areas. It's almost like they're targeting those people that don't have you know, not that anybody has thirty dollars to give them for parking in the street. You know, I'm not exactly. That, I didn't but. give it to them, and they raised it, and they raised it, and it went up to seventy five dollars, and I still didn't give it to them. And I, you know, sent them uh, letters about it, and eventually they just decided to not prosecute it. They never, they never sent the ticket for prosecution, so it ended up getting dropped. Anyway, thanks, oh, G. Wow, that's cool. Yep, thanks. So non cooperation can can make a difference, and and the more people oh, yeah. you have doing non cooperation, the more powerful it becomes. And so that's one of the reasons why we need to get people together. Anyway, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the update. Right, you guys. Have a good night. Send Mama Allie our best. Certainly appreciate it, man. Will do. All right. 800-259-9231. The lady is, uh, is an amazing uh, person to put together a successful business 
from her home and continue operating it under the threat of violence from the police, with the police trying to hunt her down uh, for selling biscuits and gravy. Literally, they were they were trying to ferret out where she was doing business so they could raid her operation. <laughs> After a while, they just gave They're up on right. her, though. No, I mean, they, they didn't. Yeah, they did. They never gave up fully because they ended up raiding the place. Huh. Maybe yeah. I had a different uh, view of it. Where you been, Mark? I, I... <laughs> Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Uh, again, uh, joining you tonight from the studio, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Uh, join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the features you will find there completely free. Uh, main feature allows you to actually control the content of the site. You can uh, submit different things that you find online, whether it be a YouTube video or uh, perhaps it, uh, it, it may be a news article or a blog post. Whatever you think might uh, interest our listeners, you just submit it to the site and then other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike it. Making uh, the most popular ones appear on the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we're going to take your phone calls about anything. Let's talk first to Ryan listening in California. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Ryan, you're Hello on. there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, not much. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, sounds great. Go ahead. Okay, actually, my name is Raymond. Sorry to correct you. Sorry, Raymond. But, Go ahead. Okay. Um, basically, my question is uh, for everybody. Um, I was wondering if, if you could possibly uh, give me an answer about how, how come in this day and age we have people that are still following individual party systems within the government when... Personally, I see that everybody just keeps fighting and running around in circles, and we're not getting anything really done at all. And personally, I think that we need to break down all these walls and barriers. It's, so The system we can isn't get set up for us to get stuff done. It's set up to make us feel like we can get stuff done. Okay, okay. Well, it's, uh, it's I, a I, hamster I think wheel. A great, a great answer to feel like we're getting something done, um, which leads me to you know the whole electoral vote thing. Uh, and then people not really having a real voice in such big government. So I guess basically what my question is, um, how are we going to go about bringing a positive, nonviolent change in government with the people driving it when there's so much segregation and compartmentalization everywhere? I don't know if I really understand uh, the question. Well, I, mean, I think he's, he sounds like he, he is seeing some of the futility of the system. And, um, you know, I, I totally understand, uh, you know, the, the two party. Neither one of the parties is going to do anything to increase our level of freedom and, and make a government that's more responsive. You don't really think that the government's actually supposed to be responsive, do you? 
<laughs> no, absolutely right. not. I mean, you know, I mean, so that that's it's just supposed to look responsive. You know, right. you you get your vote. You you are one of doesn't look responsive to me, but hundreds of thousands <laughs> of it's just from the outside. Uh, you know, the average person would say the government's somewhat responsive, wouldn't you say that? I don't know. I don't okay. know what the average person would say. Yeah, well, I, one thing's for sure: you're not average. Um, I don't the, know who is. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't. The, the fact is, I don't think there's a solution. That's why I picked up and moved for the free state project i i couldn't figure out a solution that was easy like i think i'll vote for the republicans or the democrats or the libertarians or i'll put a yard sign i'll donate to somebody's campaign Uh, none of these it all feels so fruitless yeah it is fruitless i i don't think i don't think that uh, any of those things do anything at all would you would you by any chance agree with this this crazy notion i have that I believe that all this created government, which stands right now, which is so big, it needs to totally be ripped apart, taken down, and rebuilt. I would agree well, to the point. Except for the rebuild Right, part. right. <laughs> uh, that's, I was actually talking with a program director today, because uh, that's what I do during the day. I call, uh, talk radio stations and talk to these guys. And uh, one of the program directors I had spoken with today, he's a program director who's taken the show. So he's familiar with Free Talk Live. They're, they're airing the show. And he made a comment uh, to the extent that he was listening as we were talking about you know, whatever uh, anti, uh, pro-freedom slash anti-government ideas we were discussing. And he said, yeah, you guys are basically you know, talking about uh, you know, go, going to anarchy. And I think that's exactly what we need today and then he said something and then he said something like what you just said where we just dismantled the entire thing and and put it all back together from scratch and i said well i agree with you up to the putting it all back together part Uh, i think that dismantling is a good idea yeah exactly here's the trick let's let's put let's let lots of different people put up put together all kinds of things and 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 try lots of different things in different places instead of consolidating it all into one horrific thing that no one has a choice to partake of or not. Well, no one that no one would have a choice whether or not to partake of it or not. No, well, some people call that anarchy, but I just call it like choices. Yeah, and of you know? course, and in regards to anarchy, that being you know pretty much a mythological thing as to even if government's broken down, you are still going to have a governmental system, whether it's just one big bad guy that can beat up all the people or an actual structured government. Or, or, a, lot of, just, or a lot of structures. Maybe that's the, pro, right, that's the right. point is they'll be accountable if they're not a monopoly, a monolithic monopolistic system. I don't want anyone to control my life, uh, and I certainly don't want people a thousand miles away controlling my life. It's bad enough to have a New Hampshire state government, um, and it's much worse to have a federal government. So tear it all down. uh, And and there's nothing we can do to tear it down, right? Because that sounds kind of violent. Yeah, not tear it down. Let's let it fall apart. (laughs) Stop supporting it. What are your guys' thoughts on transparency? Well, I don't think you're going to get it. I, I think that uh, I think if you can elect a guy who runs on transparency and, uh, and and nonviolence, that what in fact you'll get is a guy who wants to jam health care and uh, yeah. global warming uh, legislation down our throat. Not that I don't believe that there's necessary that there's necessarily global warming going on. I just don't think that the government's <laughs> tax system is going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to. I'd like do, to take a different the idea of do you think the idea of uh, transparency is kind of um, well, let me see if I can put this right. Uh, like it might be kind of uh, a band-aid on something that needs to totally be dismantled and brought back up through positivity and nonviolence. 
I think that uh, transparency would be a nice step if, we, in fact, we were going okay. to get it. But when it when the rubber hits the road, when the when the things like the tarp and the bailouts and the things like that have to get through, as far as the politicians are concerned, when their big buddies in the banks have to get their payoffs, when their buddies in the in the labor unions or the uh, insurance companies when they have to get the money, they're the transparency be damned. Transparency is all fine and everything when we're talking about earmarks to go for this bridge or that military base or, or whatever. But once you're talking about the real political stuff that they really have to yeah. get through, they'll just shut down transparency and they'll jam it through. The, the transparency was on this TARP thing. Ninety, uh, what, what yeah. was the, the the quote from the politician is half of the people said no and the other half said hell no. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, his, what does it matter if you can if you can see them screwing you? Right. Because that's what, what about, we're talking what about. about. What about those people that are for an open Congress movement? What's that mean? What's an open Congress movement? Well, because because it's completely open Congress. You know, Congress needs to inform us since their garbage, their huge ruse of craziness is already established. And we can't, you know, go through with the fantasy of taking it down and rebuilding. We, we do have to start from what's already created. So the whole open Congress movement is them divulging information that they would normally hide from us as people and let us know what's going on. But yes, people would. I can tell you that. what's going on. You you can go and you can read all of their proposed bills. That's yeah. all available. I mean, if you've got the That's kind right. of free time that uh, it would take to read through even one of those bills, I, I envy you. Um, but you can, <laughs> I can tell you what's going on. Here's what's going on: the people calling themselves Congress are right. taking your money and my money, and they're using it to reward their friends and punish their enemies. That's what's going on, and that's what's always been going on, and that's, and that's all that's will. going to go. Go on go when on. you have a monopolistic coercive government. Yeah. And it won't matter if it's transparent or not because, well, they're going to steal from you whether you get to see what they're doing with the money that they steal or not. They don't care whether you get to see what's going on because they know there's nothing that you're going to be able to do about it unless you're actually willing to take some serious personal steps like Mark and Dale and myself have done, like uh, if you love liberty, that is, and, and make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and then start uh, non-cooperating with the federal government and not paying them and uh, and then like Dale was saying just ignore them uh, just treat them like they don't exist anymore absolutely I, I couldn't agree with that more I think we do need to just totally turn our backs on the, the whole machine you know in, in the aspect of let's let's forget about what they're doing we we understand and know this problem that is currently going on right now hey, now let's find a positive solution Ryan, for crisis, if you agree right? then i would suggest you go to freestateproject.org to learn more about a movement that is a very positive solution it's getting people who love liberty together in the same place in order to say no more of this we want to live free thanks for the call tonight more coming up this is free talk live MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com
Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live via this toll-free phone number brought to you by SACL CAI. The number is 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site free, including archives. You want to get the latest uh, episodes of the show? They're right there on the front page of the website, the, uh, the last week's worth, in fact. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you all the way back to late 2006. All, 2006. That's right. All courtesy of HostGator. HostGator.freetalklive.com. If you use that portal that we've set up for you, you'll get your first month completely free of web hosting. Host, HostGator is a worldwide leader in web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, just go through our portal at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your first month completely free at HostGator.com. All right. Uh, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. That's right. Uh, 800-259-9231. So you can bring up absolutely anything. Take control of the airwaves. Dale, you wanted to share something with us from what must be your favorite website for uh, for show prep, crack.com. Uh, crack.com so. with uh, the five reasons why people who... What is Powerful it? people will always suck. Yeah. Give it to me. A study of personality types once found that as a group, serial killers scored highest in superficial charm, an exaggerated sense of self-worth, glibness, lying, lack of remorse, and manipulation of others. The other highest-scoring group, the highest-scoring group for these undesirable traits, politicians. Guess? Good, good guess. Well, we it wasn't much of a guess because one, uh, I think it was last week we had Sam in here and he actually had a uh, a piece that compared politicians and serial killers. They may be referencing that for mm-hmm. that because uh, they do link they link to a lot of things in here that obviously I can't get to all of that. So it's very possible they're referencing that study. Uh, they they reference you know each of their points they usually reference a study for it so because once again as I've said before crack dot com if it's on there it's factual mm, absolutely <laughs> it's it is it is it is it is undeniable so undeniable truth on crack dot com okay so again and again science has found that being in charge not only attracts terrifying douchebags <laughs> but creates them as well and with that here's the scariest article you'll read this month. It's Which not is scary why, to us because we know it already, right? Right, but it's important information, though. Uh, and, and when they say that it creates these terrifying douchebags, it's true because that's why it's always – it's having a so-called libertarian run for office doesn't excite me that much because there's – I know that they're likely to be corrupted by the system and corrupted well, by there's, the power. There's actually personality things that happen, which is what they're going to talk about in this article. But what I find fascinating is just the fact that the system itself is not designed for you to go in and make massive changes because as soon as you do, you'll get voted out of office. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and, and so there's, there's always this constant compromising to go on and stay in office, which pretty much keeps everything what they call moderate. And moderate means violence against all. You know, that's, the moderates are doing – Everything bad. They're taxing people. They're violating civil liberties. They're all the things that are the worst parts, the least libertarian parts of both parties, Democrats and Republicans. The moderates are doing all the worst of it, mm-hmm. and it's called being moderate. And I, I call it being incredibly authoritarian and tyrannical. But uh, yes, yeah, so there's five things, and number five is power and self-absorption go hand in hand. Try something for us. Write the word "ass" on your forehead with a marker. If you refuse to do that, just picture yourself writing it, but really imagine you have the letters up there. All right. So hold that thought. Science says that there's a very logical reason that those in power don't actually give a damn about you. They are too busy thinking about themselves. There are several reasons for this, according to research. First, researchers found that in leaderless situations, those with high opinions of themselves will take charge, 
for better or for worse. And that makes sense. They think they're awesome, so of course they think they should be in charge. The problem, though, is that the same often unwarranted confidence also persuades the followers to follow them. And so they climb through the ranks by basically being the biggest loudmouth braggarts in the room. So the other problem is that the narcissistic types can manage to lead effectively for the short term. They're great at convincing everyone they have all the answers, but at the end of the day, they can't take their eyes off their own self-interest long enough to focus on long-term goals, such as not losing all of our money. Actually, being in power only makes it worse, which brings us back to the ass on your forehead. When you drew the imaginary letters, where did the letter A wind up? On your left, so that the word reads normally if you look in a mirror? That's how a lot of people would do it. After all, that's the way you write things left to right. But that would be making the word backward for everyone else trying to read it. If you took the time to stop and consider that and then carefully wrote the letters and word backwards so it would be readable to a person facing you, that says a lot about your outlook toward other people. They actually did that experiment in a study at Northwestern University. They randomly assigned a group of people to hold a position of power during the study and assigned another group to a position where they'd have no power at all. Later, they gave everyone a simple task. Draw a capital letter E on their own foreheads. Same as we had you do with the word ass. The results were startling. People in the powerful group were almost three times as likely to carelessly draw the letter so that it was unreadable to anyone else. Those in the powerless group were the ones who stopped, thought about it, and turned the letter around so that others could read it. Wow. (laughs) That's right. Even meaningless. Three times. This is meaningless, arbitrary power assigned purely for the experiment. You're in charge. Yep. You're you're the boss of this. And you guys have to do what he says. (laughs) They just arbitrarily assign some power to give people a feel for it. Uh, That was enough to make the subjects less likely to stop for a few seconds and consider the perspectives of others. Now, imagine what an actual position of power would do. And they're just getting started. (laughs) Make you that much more likely to spell ass correctly? Uh, Less likely to do it correctly. Well, that's the whole point is that you become very self-centered and you're actually not very good at considering other people. Mm-hmm. And power does that to people. Not to mention the fact that it attracts that type of person. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, when, you know the, the, the whole notion of power is always going to attract people who desire power over other people. But then what they're saying here is that even once you're there, it gets worse. I mean, yep. it's, it, 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 this is a natural effect. It, has a, it, it seems to affect everybody this way. Yeah, and then the people that are in power have folks fawning all over them as well, which uh, helps uh, re you know it, it helps boost their oh, yeah. desires for gaining more of it. I don't think that there's any kind of effect like that happening with Obama, though. So oh, you're it, so oh, honorable. <laughs> oh, you're He's being what compared to Jesus, yeah. Superman? Uh, yeah, okay. You're the honorable <laughs> representative, so and so. So number they four love that stuff is that. Feeling powerful makes it easier to lie. It's estimated that the average person lies up to six times a day. It's even considered an important developmental milestone in babies, which presumably means that nobody will accept you as a person until you figure out how to make crap up to keep yourself out of trouble. So you can imagine how much politicians and CEOs have to BS us on a minute-to-minute basis to get their reputations. Well, there's a scientific reason they are the way they are. You'd think this would be obvious, that liars tend to get into positions of power because they're so good at lying. And science says you're right, but there's a much weirder factor at play. Researchers at Columbia Business School used a similar setup to the E experiment above, where they did a role play that divided subjects into leaders and subordinates. Leaders were even given a fancy, large office. The underlings got a small, windowless room. (laughs) All of them were then tinted to lie. They found a $100 bill and were put in a situation where they'd have to lie about it to the people running the experiment if they wanted to keep it. 
After a nice round of vigorous lying, both groups of subjects were tested for stress hormone levels. Researchers also studied a videotape of the subjects lying their asses off. The result, in their words, low-power individuals showed the expected emotional, cognitive, psychological, excuse bad. me, physiological, and behavioral signs of deception. Right, they, they felt they, bad. They were lying because they wanted the $100, but they felt bad And, and in it. contrast, the powerful people showed no evidence. Uh, uh, you know, I'm in charge. It doesn't matter if I lie. <laughs> More coming up. 800. I have to lie to keep people safe. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves here. The uh, the remaining reasons why people in power suck. Coming up here uh, in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything as well. It's free talk live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. is free talk live you can bring up what you want just dial in toll free at 800-259-9231 maybe you've had personal experience dealing with these people who are the power seekers of the world that's what we're talking about right now as dale's been sharing with us the five reasons that people in power will always suck uh, from crack.com we'll continue that list here in a moment but you're welcome to add your thoughts in or bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231 and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com enjoy the various features there including our news updates uh, you can get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about free talk live go to news.freetalklive.com get signed up for the updates they're all free. Uh, updates via email or Twitter or Facebook, news.freetalklive.com. The Institute for Humane Studies Summer Fellowship Program, sponsor, um, is sponsored by Charles G. Koch, provides policy experience and training for individuals passionate about individual liberty and free markets. The program includes an eight-week internship, two public policy seminars, and career training. Participants intern as one of, in one of more than 100 think tanks and nonprofit organizations in Washington, D.C. and across the United States working on issues ranging from privatization to energy policy to free speech. They, have, they include a stipend and housing assistance and mentoring and everything you need for these uh, internships. Go to libertarianinternships.com. Sign up there. You'll get more info. It's libertarianinternships.com. All right. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us uh, again on our website, and we will uh, take your calls about anything. We're going to continue, though, from Crack.com, a list of the five reasons that people in power will always suck. Of course, as we know, positions of power attract those who are corrupted, those who are easily corruptible. And some of the science behind this is showing us some of the reasons why uh, power uh, people uh, – well, they're, they're, I don't know if it's the reasons why, but they're showing us what happens to people who are in positions of power, even people who aren't necessarily the ones seeking it. Uh, because right. Po- po- Just, it's, this, is an, this is something that happens once someone is in a position of power. Human beings being placed in positions of power and even just arbitrary ones. And this, right. the scientific studies they're looking at here, they're taking people who've come in to be part of a study. They don't know what it's going to be about. They've come in to be part of this study and they say, okay, you are in, con- you are in charge. 
charge, you are not, and then they have them uh, you know, put into certain circumstances that shows that the people who are put in charge behave in very disturbing ways. But we were just talking about lying. It said powerful people, uh, in contrast to the people who were low power, uh, in contrast, powerful people demonstrated no evidence of lying across emotion, cognition, physiology, or behavior. And so once more, that's after a couple of hours of completely fake power. These people were chosen at random, but when they were stuffed into a fancy room that made them feel like big shots, their feelings of guilt about lying melted away. Mm. This two hours, a couple hours. Imagine someone who's in a some, imagine a, a real a politician who's spending career. most of their time with uh, lackeys. Imagine and, a, having your campaign team going rah yeah. rah with your name on signs and saying he needs to be in charge of us and he's going to fix everything. And the bigger the office, you know. the, the more that's going to be happening too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, states are covered with my name. The yeah. the people gave me a mandate. It was forty eight percent to fifty two. They <laughs> they sure didn't want that other loser. They wanted me. They love me. <laughs> I have a mandate from the voters. God. And that made them better liars. It's it's those unpleasant feelings of guilt and stress that cause the physical cues that let people know we're lying. Add a feeling of power to the mix and the opposite happens. And in, in fact, instead of negative emotions, the study found that a powerful person actually experiences a positive internal response. <laughs> these people feel these people <laughs> I know. Oh, hold on just a second. You've got to read that again. Okay. It says, <laughs> in fact, instead of negative emotions, the study found that a powerful person actually experiences a positive internal response. When telling lies. When These telling lies. These people feel joyful relaxation as a result of lying their faces off. God. It's almost as if the feeling of being in power made them think the normal rules of morality didn't apply to them. They don't. <laughs> Which leads us to number three. Experiments show power and hypocrisy are linked in the brain. This goes, and they, they've got a picture of a, of a preacher who was later discovered to be, and he was Tony ranting Haggard. anti-gay preacher who turned out to be gay. The guy so, that was uh, snorting crank with uh, male prostitute I believe in the hotel so. room? Yep. Yeah. Ted Haggard. Uh, I think he was in the Jesus Camp video or something, yep, the movie? that's yeah. right. This one goes a long way toward explaining the almost endemic hypocrisy of politicians and business leaders we see in the news every day. It explains why so many, so many vehemently anti-gay politicians and religious leaders are creepy sexual deviants. Mm-hmm. It explains why banks are currently refusing to lend to anyone while giving their employees huge bonuses with bailout money. And it explains why the Senate voted itself a pay raise on the same day it refused to increase the minimum wage. So, uh, once again, this is something that can be, list- be tested in experiments, and once more, the correlation goes the opposite way you'd expect. A Dutch researcher mixed things up this time using five different experiments to try to instill a sense of power in people using different methods, presumably to make sure it wasn't anything particular to a specific kind of role-playing that got the results. In one experiment, he took random subjects and had them role-play in a fictional fictional government so that some would have positions of power, a.k.a. prime minister, while others would be peons, like in the previous experiment. But other groups would, for instance, be asked to vividly describe a time when they held a position of power in an effort to get them into the same mood they experienced when they were in that role. No one involved knew what the experiment was trying to uncover. Later, the subjects were given a questionnaire with gray area moral questions, such as, is it okay to exceed the speed limit if you're late for an appointment? After just that brief period of feeling powerful, the role-playing prime prime ministers were more ready than the peons to say they would bend the rules if they needed to. But when asked other hypothetical questions that tested whether they thought it was okay for other people to skirt the rules, the prime (laughs) ministers were harder on the rule benders 
than the peons. You know, this is kind of it's kind of like uh, when when you talk to pot smokers about legaling, legalizing pot and they don't want to do it. Oh, that caused a lot of problems. Have you ever heard of have seen that happen? And I normally would hear I would normally think a pot smoker a lot, a lot of pot smokers would be against legalizing those other drugs, but their own drug is I've okay. heard plenty yeah. of them argue against uh, legalizing pot. Usually wow. that that would be a drug dealer that would argue against that. Oh yeah, cuz they they benefit from the drug war, so. No matter how the researcher went about instilling the feelings of power, the results were the same. Within minutes, a feeling of power flips the switch in the brain that says the rules now do not apply to me. Bring me a whore. <laughs> Do you remember uh, a the, whore? I say. <laughs> the, I think it was the governor of New Jersey at the time who was uh, his his motorcade was whipping by at ninety five miles an hour. Or and he something didn't have like a seatbelt on, right? Yeah, the, you know some some traffic infraction or, or whatever. And of course, he had to do the mea culpas and all that nonsense when you know that this is what they're going to do all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're in charge. They're important. Mm-hmm. But even stranger, the people induced to feel powerless went the opposite way. They actually were more self-critical than they'd normally be. Think about what that says about society. The people who are already powerless as a result feel like they're less worthy to be in power and thus stay powerless. Makes sense. Fascinating. That, 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 does, that does seem to be the case. You have like families that have this ongoing, they're in positions of power and it keeps cycling through the generations and... Our royal families, well, the Kennedys. Well, yeah, I mean, they, the they've taught their children how it is that you, you know, can control other people. They've, mm-hmm. you know, this is how it's done, son. Yeah, sure, you pass it on, and they tell them that they're they're meant for that. You know, you you raise them. You're you're meant to be a politician someday, and you know, we and someday of course you will rule. You need to serve the people, and it's right. It's it, I'm sure it's it's done in the disguise of you are meant to do good things. Use your use your talents for to the for the betterment of society. I'd, I'd love to see the numbers because I've seen many Mitt Romney's uh, dad or Mitt Romney's dad was a, a Michigan politician. There are a lot of politicians who are sons of politicians, and uh, you know just because we're not used to hearing these names, but how do, would we know? I, and I think about I what happens. Name a senator from ten years ago. There's something that happens too when people just put on the trappings of power and go around calling themselves a title, and people start responding to that. I really and, thought about this. I thought about know? this for my son. I was going to name him Senator. <laughs> now imagine how much different your your life would be if your first name was Senator. <laughs> there was a guy who Senator just, Edge. There was a guy who me. just put that on his like address labels and his business cards. He put S E N dot. He never and no one ever asked him like what state he was a senator of or anything like that. But he got incredible special treatment. He would get put on first class on airplanes and just what you wouldn't believe. More coming up here. Eight hundred. How many more do we have? Two? One? Two more. Two more. All right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're welcome to uh bring your thoughts into the mix here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. It's like a little bit of power for you there. Just if you call in, you can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live and only moments remain. Perhaps enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, 
you may do so by going and visiting our promote page. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll get a whole list of things you can do to help get Free Talk Live, say, on your local radio station or maybe on other stations around the country. Uh, Also, bring more Internet listeners on board, different ideas for you, uh, banners and flyers and such, all there at promote. .freetalklive.com. If you like Taron Lupo's history pieces on the LCL Report, then check out his new historical fiction novel. Pirates of Savannah is an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. At its heart, it's a tale of pioneers, refugees, and society's cast-off, all cast-offs all joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s, and it's loaded with real obscure historical events. Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a uh, risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can go check out the, uh, the first few chapters at piratesofsavannahbook.com. Again, it's piratesofsavannahbook.com. As we continue here, Dale is sharing with us from crack.com the five reasons why people in power will always suck. And so go ahead with uh, reasons number four and yeah. five. Number two, two uh, well, it goes down, two and one. And number two is that power gives you a false belief in your abilities. I'm going to kind of summarize this one because I really want to get to number one. Okay, sure. Uh, but well, one, an interesting experiment is where they convinced people, they found that people who had been uh, convinced or put in a position of power thought uh, were, were more inclined to want to roll dice themselves when they when they could win money from the dice roll or whatever, when in fact, you know, uh, nobody can control what the dice come up as. Yeah, it's completely random. But the people who were in power positions of power, influence it. they thought they could. <laughs> they thought they could control those dice rolls. You know, that that makes sense to me if you're in power in, say, a company. You've risen to the top through competence, one would, would hope. I mean, that's not true in every company. Mm-hmm, and sure. I think the larger the company, the less likely it's true. Yep. But uh, yeah, the, one can make the argument for that. Government, however, you cannot really make the argument that competence uh, is what causes somebody to go to the top. Certainly it's, not. It's, it's more like... <laughs> Exactly. Uh, charisma, the ability to lie well, yep. uh, you know how good you look, all kinds of stupid reasons. It's a popularity game. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. and, and and a back scratching game. Or you slept your way there. It happens too. <laughs> so number one, feelings of power trigger a lack of compassion. Hmm. In theory, politicians in the age of democracy should feel almost too much compassion. They spend oceans of money and time getting elected to posts that exist solely for the continued well-being of the people they serve. They hold town hall meetings to listen to their constituents, and they risk their political futures trying to pass laws for the good of their people. We all believe that, right? <laughs> well, you know, this is it, it, what it kind of says to me is that uh, trying to get politicians that uh, you know they have an agenda, talking to them at these town hall meetings, trying to get them to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Just really, that, really should have, that should have sarcasm tags wrapped around it. A study in an issue of Psychological Science. Uh, set out to test this idea. The method was a little different, as instead of a role-playing exercise, the researchers actually surveyed subjects about how powerful they felt in their own lives. Then they were divided into powerful and powerless based on their answers. Subjects were then paired up, and one was told to relay an emotionally scarring event that had happened to him. The listener was hooked up to an ECG machine, and all of his stress responses were measured. The powerless people reacted the way you'd expect people would react when told a heart-wrenching tale. The powerful, on the other hand, felt nothing. (laughs) Or at least their responses couldn't be measured, whether they naturally felt no empathy or were just better at regulating their emotions. The researchers had all of the subjects fill out a survey at the end and inquired about whether they'd like to stay in touch with the other experiment subjects after the experiment was over to see if maybe they'd made any friends during this ordeal. The powerless subjects were into it. 
The powerful were not. <laughs> they wanted nothing more to do with the stranger they just traded personal stories with. It was with. bad enough that I had to even listen to his story. <laughs> these little people. Guys, this is Obama. Okay, I'm just as an and example, Bush. as as the Bush, uh, as just as, as an example of the most, you know, the most widely recognized yep. example. They're not kissing your babies because they like your babies. Well, then that's what they get to next. This seems to indicate what we had always suspected that while politicians may pander you by pander to you by kissing your baby, they might as well be kissing a can of beanie weenies. Mm-hmm. The guy who stole your wallet at the laundromat will probably remember your name longer than they will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, yeah, I'm not I good thought, with names, though. I mean, names are that's tough. I that's well, tough. I, I agree. Um, you know, I'll often go to these conventions and I'll see people's faces that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, they have name tags on, luckily, which yeah. is nice. And it can be so difficult. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I've met you three times. Really? Yeah. Oh shoot! No, I recognize your face. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, I, my big complaint about the convention we just went to was that the name tags, the names weren't large enough. There was plenty mm. of blank space yeah. on that tag. Should have been larger because it's, it's just, it's awkward to squint and to, uh, you know, kind of crouch, crouch down a little bit and to, get, cock your head a bit to try to figure out what someone's it name is. It just takes a while to learn people's names. You yeah. know, uh, the, the people get to listen to this show hours and hours and hours a week. They hear our names over and over yeah. and over again. I see there's one time it's, it's just very difficult. Uh, you know, when if you have a, like a connecting experience, there's this guy at Porkfest who watched my dog uh, last year, not the, the most recent one, the one mm-hmm. before. I remember Stu's name. You yeah. know? <laughs> so, you know, I remember because uh, we, we had an interaction. Right. Uh, it was very nice to me. He, he did a favor yeah, I remember, Stu. We took care of uh, the one-man rock band together while he was uh, passed out. He's a very nice oh. guy. I think, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Ladies, you really should scoop Stu up. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's assuming it goes that way. I have no idea. I love this. I got it's a, a picture. Chance, right? I think this is Obama. Maybe it's not Obama. It doesn't quite look like him, but it's, it's got a picture of uh, this politician looking at a baby and going, crap, which one of you idiots did I take this thing from? <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's so is there it. More? That or is that it? No, that's, that's the end of that article. Right. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Glad you brought that one up. It's important. A very, uh, very scientific analysis of the people in power and how it is that just arbitrary power makes people act the same that and it, it kind of harkens back a little bit to uh, the stanford prison experiment where they actually they took a group of college kids who come in to do a, you know be experimented oh, yeah. upon and uh, they didn't know what it was going to be about and they said uh, you 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 and you you're the guards the rest of you you're the prisoners and then all of a sudden the prison guards started acting like power mad uh, prison guards it, they'd never been yeah. in a prison before. They never. They don't know anything about being and, in there. But they, and look at how. They, I mean, and just yeah. So think about in a real prison, the way they dress everyone. They put the prisoners in pajamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's obviously you know meant to strip them of any sense of power. You know that you the, 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 the things they do to people, and then and I was I was saying I was looking through this and just looking at the you know you put a badge on someone, you put a uniform and a badge on mm-hmm. someone, and and now look at important. look at how look at these stories of police abuses of power all over the place. Look at the the number one. The, the destruction of your compassion. That's what that that was the you know that's what really got to me was just like look at all these people in positions of power and the, and they have no compassion. I mean I'm sure they, they 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 still carry around the trappings of it right. They still use the rhetoric of it. You know police officers are going around saying I'm, I'm here to help. protect the innocent. 
You know, we want to protect people, and they're and but really, they're looking at but they and they you almost can't help it once they're in that position, they can't help but be looking at everyone as potential lawbreakers. Mm-hmm. Those that's someone I need to be keeping in line. They're not thinking government. That's someone I'm supposed to be protecting from harm. That's someone who I'm supposed to make sure that their stuff isn't stolen from them. That's someone I'm supposed to you know. It, that's not the way they they look at people, and, I, and understandably so, given the psychology. You can see, um, you know, just a, a few videos of uh, police abuse and and you can see how the the largest crime is the threat to their authority that um that you know, you know these guys are taught that, that you must maintain your authority your control over the situation or all is lost <laughs> chaos will ensue and that's exactly how they act they'll forget the lawbreaker in a second if you whip out a camera and start filming them they they don't yep. care about this guy who broke the law. Suddenly, the beeline you, for you, yep. the guy with the camera. <laughs> I didn't tell you you could put a camera on. What are you doing? What are you filming us for? I don't want to be on YouTube tonight. Tough luck, Mister. You work for us. Well, no, they yeah, they nobody really. really. Ostensibly, I, most people believe this, but is all you have to do is do this one time, and you'll see who who the who the heck. Mm. Works so for I want. Is it psychologically healthy to? To, is it grounding, for instance, to be like focused on some degree of humility or, or not so much humility as equality with other people? The idea of, of, of a sense of equality with other people that we're all equal, at least in terms of rights and basic concepts of human rights, that we're all equal, that no one is supposed to be above someone else in, in power and that and, and, and notions like honesty, all these things that are counter to the stuff that happens when you're in a position of power. The things that happen to you psychologically, it seems to me like th- th- this is um, to some. I mean, I'm, it's a little bit of a reach, but I'm wondering if this is a theory. I guess I'm, promo- I'm proposing is if you're focused on notions of equality, like libertarians are, and if you're focused on notions of being honest, you know, being against fraud and being for being honest all the time, is this not something that's very psychologically healthy, given what we know about? What positions of power do to people in these sorts of traits? Well, the evidence from what we see here that, in fact, uh, c- focusing on equality and humility and uh, you know treating people with respect is actually uh, the, the acts of crazy people. <laughs> We're done for tonight. It has been Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. Back tomorrow for the live Saturday edition. Join us then and online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.